welcome to Leaders Call to Adventure. I'm Lori Ferentz. I just want to take a moment to thank those of you that reached out to me and also reached out to my last guest, Jennifer Ferroni, telling us how that conversation impacted you and how much you enjoyed it because I know that it was really affirming for me and Jennifer told me that it was really affirming for her as well. This is important work that she's doing and I feel grateful to have had the opportunity to talk to her and to share her message with you. If you haven't heard it, check out that last episode. It was really powerful. I've been feeling to do an episode about my research into my family history and genealogy. Something that I began slowly about three years ago when I signed up for a free trial month on Ancestry. I always knew I was Ukrainian and that both sides of my family, my mom and my dad were. I had the opportunity to know both sets of grandparents whom I called Baba and Jidu, which are the Ukrainian words for grandma and grandpa. When I got on Ancestry for the first time and took that free trial month, I connected with some people that I never even knew existed before, second cousins and found out a bunch of things that I had no idea about that really gave me some insight into my family and myself. I don't know why, but I didn't continue with that membership once it expired and sort of put all this stuff on the back burner until January of this year when I decided to pay for an Ancestry monthly membership. And, well, I guess you could say I took the deep dive at the time, I knew who my grandparents were on both sides. I knew who my great-grandparents were, but I didn't know beyond that. I didn't really know the specifics as to when they came over to Canada, where they settled exactly, who came over, and where they came from. I have learned a whole lot more than that, including researching back on one branch of my tree back to my fifth great-grandparents in Ukraine. A couple weeks ago, my friend Anya D. made a Facebook post entitled, Researching My Roots is Calling In My Ancestors. Well, let's just say that title, along with some details about things that she discovered after getting her DNA tested, really piqued my curiosity, particularly when she honed in on how she felt this sort of connection to her grandfather and his wisdom, and how all of a sudden he was present with her, wanting to be in conversation with her. She said, he's encouraging me to change my lineage backwards, sideways, and forwards like he never had the patience or fortitude to do, and I still don't know what that means exactly. Well, it was all just so intriguing, including the photo that she posted of her grandfather, which I am including with her permission in the show notes. I reached out to Anya, and she asked me, knowing that I'd been on this ancestral research path, if I had other sources besides Ancestry, which I recommended, and then we discussed how compelling this subject is for both of us and it seemed like there was a lot to talk about and uh, so I thought hey why not ask her if she's game to talk about it and record it for you so that's what we did I trust when I think I'm doing one thing and it turns out 
to be completely for a different reason, then I know that's the real reason. Oh. Yeah, I just, I went and I paid for DNA kits, three of them. Don't ask me why I thought I needed three. Okay. About over a year and a half ago. And it was for a completely different reason. I was taking a workshop on decolonizing your ancestors. Okay. And obviously that wasn't a compelling reason because I got the test and I let them sit there for a year. Right. <laughs> but suddenly, I don't know, a couple months ago, I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and send those in. One of, the, one of the kits aged out, you know, because it was too old. They said it was too old. But I, got, I sent away for two. I didn't really know why. I don't have a, I've never had a burning interest in my ancestry. It's pretty clear I'm Irish on both sides. You know, I've always known that. And I've spent time in Ireland, and so I didn't, I didn't know why I really was doing it now, you know, when, once I was sending it in. But it has just turned into a journey, you know, a totally unexpected journey. When you sent in your DNA kits, were they to different providers? Yes, 23, 23andMe and Ancestry.com. And I had heard that they're not, you know, there's some issues with, with um uh, accuracy. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a couple of them and just, you know, double check, which yeah. given my background was kind of not a waste of money, but I mean, I'm basically ancestry said I'm a hundred percent Irish Scottish. Okay. And, and, but 23 and me was interesting. I was 96% Irish Scottish and there's about 2% French German. And then there's 1% Scandinavian from the uh-huh. migration. And Yep, percentage Neanderthal. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't explored that. I just I figure that's the part of me that you know walks into a room urgently for something and then promptly forgets. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, or maybe it's why I was attracted to some of the men I dated. When I <laughs> but so it 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 and twenty three and me actually gave me a lot more information about the actual counties in Ireland and Scotland where, you know, for the past 200 years, my ancestors were right, most well, likely from. And mm-hmm. that was mind-blowing because when I was in my, let me be late 20s, I went on an, again, unplanned trip to Ireland with an, a friend I barely knew. She was, a, she was in my MBA program and we worked at the same bank. And her friend had last minute, she was complaining her friend had backed out of a six-week tour of Ireland and Scotland. It's just really bummed out. And I just said, well, we don't know each other, but how about if I go? So we went on this totally unplanned, unscripted, you know, the backpacks, the whole bit. And every single county that they identified in Ireland and Scotland, I visited totally spontaneously. Hmm. So I began to go, hmm, there's something to this ancestry right. <laughs> thing. Yeah. And, you know, so it's been pretty remarkable that I didn't have a, and I'm a real strategic thinker, I didn't have a plan or I didn't do it for any reason uh, that it, that has it's turned out to be about. Mm-hmm. You know, I just mm-hmm. kind of did it for other reasons. And the timing has been perfect of when I actually sent it in. So I'm a firm believer that I'm being taken on an ancestral journey. I'm not planning it. Right. It's just- yeah, I hear you. I understand. I also sent my DNA into Ancestry. And 
as you continue with this, right, you start to connect with people that are in similar, you know, pursuit of their family history and genealogy in different groups and things like that. And one of the groups that I'm a part of, I recently posted about what people's experience has been with ancestry in terms of their global subscription versus a domestic subscription, because I have a domestic subscription and was wondering if I bumped my membership up, if I would then start to get hits on people that I share matches with that are outside of Canada or outside of North America. And what they came back to me saying was, no, you get access to say records in the UK, but there's not going to be a lot with in particular for my ancestry, but that 23andMe sometimes it's going to give you a more detailed picture like that. And there's going to be other people. So I'm entertaining that right now. You know, it's just an incremental yeah, process. Glad. It's like something shows up and it's like, oh, maybe I need to do this, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, you can wait for the specials. It's not a huge amount of money. Yeah. I'm actually glad I did both because I'm getting, you know, a little bit more refined information. Right. And, and different people. Yeah. And then I recommended GEDmatch to you. That's another source that... Yes. And I haven't figured that out. You know, right. I found myself you know, and, and we can talk about this, but I found myself being taken over by this. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. want to do anything else. And I had ancestors. I know. Ridiculous. It's when you get bitten by that bug. It's like oh. all you want to do. <laughs> and then I went, wait, you're, and the, and a distant cousin contacted me and bless her heart. She has done all the, she's done all the research for me from my great, great grandparents back. Right. And so that's amazing. I'm like, Thank you. I'm done. I'm just going to plug it in. You know, once you I have centuries it. worth, right? But I that's only from one worth. from one branch of the tree, right? Right. That's exactly. Great. But it's clear. Again, it's also clear that that's the branch I'm working with right now. Yeah. There's a whole other branch, and they have a whole other another set of issues that they want me to look at. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing the D right now. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. So I, it's been very helpful for me to actually be focused. So I haven't looked into the GED. I haven't decided when I'm going to you know, sign up for the services because once I do, I just know everything else is going to kind of go by the wayside. And I'm not retired. You know, my distant cousin is retired and she does this all day long and she's emailing me pictures. I'm getting photos and, oh. and I'm loving it. But I, I finally, we had a conversation. I said, you know what? I'm not actually, I'm not retired. Right. I really need to watch this. Well, you just can't reciprocate if she's expecting you to get back in a certain point, you know, well, I've already, I are, actually, I already have. We were the okay. one branch, there were 10 Ds, that, uh, original Ds, that 10 siblings that migrated here, immigrated through Boston. And there was one branch, one sibling that landed in Watertown, Cambridge. And she said, you guys have been a mystery to us. We've identified, they have a group of 183 D cousins and they've never met anyone from this lineage and you suddenly show up. So she's thrilled with me because I'm filling in my, the, you know, one of the 10 siblings that they could never find anybody from. Oh. So it's been very mutual, but I, but I did have to say, you know what, I'm not going to sign up for anything right now. Um, I really need to kind of schedule this along with my workflow. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, the other one I signed up for was um, Living DNA, which I thought would have been great because it's it's in the UK. But they were kind of crappy about my timing out, and they, you know, 
I had bought a book too, and they they were going to charge me for the kit, and you know it was just not a good experience. So I I just said, look, just refund me my money, and we'll go on our merry way. Right. But uh, so that wasn't meant to be. But Twenty Three and Me, I do recommend because it it has a little more. Uh, they really are into the migration patterns. I'm trying right. to recognize that and they Which also I kind of start to get a hint of through Jed match because okay. it's, it, yeah without going too deep into how all that works right it it does give you what what I gathered from that is that my well I already knew that I was 100% Ukrainian but in my DNA it said I'm 58% Eastern European 30% Baltic states 1% Finnish and 1% European Jewish and when I got, you know, sifted through all the information through GEDmatch, I could see that a largest chunk of my family comes from the part of the Ukraine that a lot of those people would have migrated to over time. Yes. So <laughs> that's, that's the reason why. It's not that, you know, I have one grandfather that's, you know, great-grandfather that's finished. That's not, that's not actually the case, right? It's just, yeah, and I'm not Scandinavian, but, but right. some Vikings that must have interbred with Scottish and then right yeah to make the Irish people exactly right exactly it's kind of cool to be sort of a hundred percent because then you really focused on a specific culture yeah yeah you know at first I was just honestly I was disappointed I said oh my god I am so colonial (laughs) 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 and white I mean you just can't be any more uh, of that lineage, you know, although I'm on both sides because my Irish ancestors were, you know, the victims of the British co- colonialism and lost their lands and stuff. So I've had both both experiences in my genes, but I, I was hoping I had Middle Eastern or Greek or, you know, something kind of exotic <laughs> uh, at first, but then I just thought, okay, well, this is it. So now I get to really explore the Celtic culture, the Gaelic Celtic culture and Mm -hmm. integrated into my sort of modern new age, nothing culture. (laughs) Okay. So were you ever connected to that culture before in how you were raised? Um, I I adamantly rejected all of it. Uh I, the, the family, the, well, I hate, I'm hoping none of my immediate whatever's left of my immediate family listens to this, but you know, I had the dysfunctional Irish Catholic American family, which I think brought a lot of, you know, the alcoholism and the repressed kind of stuff and uh, bigotry and just a lot of, you know, not things that I ever warmed up to that ever felt healthy and, you know, right, healthy or holy to me. Catholic Church I rejected about 11 years old. I think I was around 10 or 11 when they told me my best friend would never go to heaven because she was Jewish. So I, I just at a very young age did not feel kindred, you know, to my sort of my family values. So I was never interested. I just assumed even the people and, you know, since I knew I was sort of 100% Irish on both sides, I knew there, and there's just a lot of family secrets and, you know, just stuff that I wasn't, I didn't find particularly interesting or healthy. And so so when I ended up going to Ireland, again, not planned, just as spontaneous, you know, I think my answers 
ancestors went, no, no, that's not the real Irish, you know, like, please come. And I went to Ireland with a friend and we weren't, she was Christine Donegan, red hair, you know, freckles. And we weren't doing it as a roots experience, but that's exactly what it was because Mm -hmm. I got to see the parts of the culture that didn't come with, didn't come with and last in the United States when it got Americanized. And it was lovely. I mean, you know, I, everybody believed in fairies and I always had believed in them until I sort of got shut down by my mother saying, you can't talk about that stuff. Everybody in Ireland believes in fairies and the storytelling and the humor and the, you know, there was so much about it that I began to feel, wow, you know, this is a really interesting culture. Yeah. Okay. But also sounds to me and something that you could identify with from within you as well Mm -hmm. that you were starting to see and belong to a certain people. Yes. Straight, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, straight talking, honest, um, no, um, no affect, you know, like my family was very much into money and who did well based on how much money they earned or, you know, what they did for a living. It was just not, it didn't fit me at all. And over there, you know, you just say, cause we were Americans, the first question, you know, what's the second question? What do you do for a living? You know, and they, every single person would be, Oh, as little as, as little as I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it was just a great experience of realizing, ah, I am not so foreign to my family, Yeah, my immediate family. I am actually part of this culture. And Christine okay. and I, had we were having the same experience. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. So I really did, and I've often said I don't really, I don't have a sense of place. Like, I'm not attached to any place on the planet. But I... I, I'm, I often say, you know, Ireland is the place of my heart and Cape Cod in Massachusetts is, is a home of my soul because that's where most of my family is buried. And, you know, I've had a lot of real transformational experiences down there. I spent every summer there with my grandparent. Um, so, yeah, it was a really interesting, even back then, you know, many years, 30 years ago, whatever that was, 35 years ago it it opened me to parts of me, you know, that weren't just weird and unusual from my particular immediate family and cousins, but, you know, was an inherent part of me. Yeah, I think it takes us a while until we get to the point where we're able to see, you know, our younger selves and our the culture that we're raised in in a more objective way rather than just a purely sort of instinctual way um emotionally or a, yeah, or a limited way by your yeah. immediate family you know yeah yeah it's not yeah necessarily your whole culture it's just- right well that's right and, and and not dismissing the culture because of certain things within the family dynamics that we exactly. that we feel are tied to that culture but not necessarily right and yeah. then from from my point of view learning about the history of of the ukrainians in Canada and Ukrainian history in general, because that's my background, has given me a point of view that comes along with this whole pursuit of genealogy, starting to understand the immigration. Why did they come over? Where did they come from? What was going on at that time? It gives you a deeper understanding into why 
your your family of origin, the dynamics were a certain way that you might have mm-hmm. never had before. And I know that's what's happening for me, like a more compassionate understanding towards yes. things that perhaps I would reject uh, so that I could sit with them um, rather than just purely push them away. Yeah, and I would, and I'm, and I'm beginning to understand my strong traits. You know, my strong reactions to th- certain things, and my, um, you know, what makes up me, is not isolated to me. Right. Yeah, it's comes. I've come by it honestly. You know, yeah. it comes from way back. Yeah. Especially my my paternal grandfather, who I really just had to say, listen, I'm jazzed about you know, working with you, but not right now, you know, you can't come into my space all the time. And (laughs) Okay. Tell, tell tell me about that. How did that all unfold? Now my grandfather, my father's father was like nobody I've ever met. And I didn't have a relationship with him because nobody did, you know, he was just honorary and swearing and belching and always reading, you know, tons of books and newspapers. He was brilliant and irascible and impatient and not at all, you know, a connecting kind of grandfather. Um, but I was fascinated by him, terrified of him and fascinated by him. And I couldn't, couldn't not be around him. I loved listening to him argue with my, uh, my father. And I just reckon, I didn't know it then, but I know now what was happening is I, I recognized somebody who saw the truth, really important truth, and he spoke it. He didn't buy in to any of, you know, the emperor has no clothes and what we're told about our government or our church or whatever. He just, and I was totally fascinated by him. But when he died, you know, I was a teenager. I never gave him another thought because I actually had no relationship with him. I was kind of this fascinated observer. And he allowed it even though I annoyed him like everybody did. And suddenly when my distant cousin contacts me and she's like, we don't know anything about you. We are so, oh my God, you know, we're so happy you showed up. So I said, well, I'm not really, I'm kind of not in connection with any of my family, but you know, I do. And here's another thing. My mother when she had, she was advanced Alzheimer's and they were moving out of the house. We were moving them out of the house and she was, they were moving into assisted living. And she was adamant that I hold on to all the family photos. And I was annoyed, you know, I'm like, I don't want these. <laughs> I had this carton that, and I have moved several times since and I've wanted to dump them, you know, but I thought, no, my mother in her Alzheimer's state of mind, was adamant. She looked me right in the eyes and she said, you hold on to these, you take care of these. Mm-hmm. So it was all of the family photos going back a couple of generations on both my father and my mother's side. Could you identify those people? Uh, not if I didn't even look at them. I didn't care. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. But now I have, t- when I tell you I've loved them I don't know, five or six moves since then. And when I moved here, of course, I discovered that I had been living for 16 years in a mold, a black mold, and I had to get rid of everything, just about, that was paper or, you know, you couldn't clean, that was fabric or upholstery, you name it, everything went. But I, I couldn't throw out these photos. Now, I hadn't looked at them. 
Mm. And I, so I said, no, you just can't, you know? So I saved them. Well, when this happened and my cousin said, do you have any photos? I went, oh my God, yes, I have a box of them. So I've just started going through them. And the one photo, I sent her a photo of my grandpa, Patrick, and my, my father and my uncle were young. They were like four toddler and five years old. And looking at the picture and, you know, scanning it and sending it, all those memories came back. Like I, I can talk to you now about my experience with my grandfather only because I, I looked at his photo. And suddenly, either he's talking in my head, I don't know, but all the memories came back. Everything he's ever said and done and why I was fascinated. And, and as soon as that I had that recognition, you know, he's in my dreams, he's, he's yakking at me. <laughs> sometimes you know whenever i work on this ancestral stuff and he has an urgency about work he wants you know something he wants me to do uh because he didn't have the as he says the courage or he didn't have the patience or the fortitude when you talk about that his presence is there in what ways are you perceiving that how is that coming to you? The same way I get, you know, what, what I often have what I call visitations and dreams. I just wake up and I have full knowledge. You know, it's what, I don't know what it's called. I went to energy healing school and, you know, everybody was clairvoyant and I was Claircognizance. Like, is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, I don't see a damn thing. I don't hear anything, you know, but yeah. I didn't realize mine is the clear cognizance or whatever right. it is. Right. And I just will wake up with this whole knowing of, mm -hmm. and it's not mine, you know, I didn't think it up. And it's the same thing sometimes when I just, a th I will hear somebody, you know, I don't have to hear it, but I suddenly know somebody has just dropped some, a whole sentence on me and it's okay. not me. That's clear audience then, because if you identify who it's coming from, not necessarily hearing it, but you know that it's coming from somebody that's a clear audience and the clear cognizance is when the thought, you know, the thought itself without any particular attachment to anybody else. Okay. Well then I have both. Both. Yeah. 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 That's, that's but what from him. Like. It's yeah, me be, too. <laughs> me yeah, too. Thank, thank yeah. you. That's helpful. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be the clear audience because it's his voice. It's his impatience is his, his swear words. You know, you can see where I get my swearing from, but um, <laughs> uh, it was just a stunning realization though, that, I am clearly the progeny of this man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can see now my, you know, my, I uh, just, I can, see, I've always been, even when I, 30 years ago, when I was in banking, I could see the real truth of, you know, the banks would say, oh, we're, we're doing this because this is good for our clients. I'm like, nah, you're doing this because it's good for the, you know, the ruling class or whatever. I could always see if you, you know, you follow the money and you always see what the real reason is. Mm -hmm. And he was like that. So it's like, okay. And I recognized as a young preteen to early teenager, I recognized that he knew something and that it was important what he knew. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't have explained it at the time. You know, he was the one that was like, oh, John talking to my father. Are you kidding me? You know, that's such bullshit about the Vietnam War. You know, communism is going to take over. People are making money. You know, <laughs> weapons manufacturers are making money. That's all war has ever been about. You know, and my father would be like, no, 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 it's about communism. And, and I just remember being just fascinated. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to hear what he knew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and so, yeah, he will sometimes just come into my mind um, and say, you know, you, I didn't have, I'll hear, I didn't have the impatience or the fortitude to, te- to really tell the truth. He said, your lineage, your people are sleepwalking through history and, they're, and, it, and the cliff is coming. You know, he'll say things like that. And he's like, write more, speak more, get involved with your family, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, well, that's just not, no. You know, and, and I'm working with somebody on my inner archetypes and I was telling her and she's like, you know, ancestors will take over your life if you let them. You really have to have some good boundaries. <laughs> so I'm just kind of saying, I hear you and I'm doing it anyway. And just I'm doing it my way. I'm not going to do it your way. Yeah, it has to be. And I'll, and I'll, you know, believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting to know you, but um, I, I would like you to wait till I invite you. So it's just, well, how do you know to make the invitation? That's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind him just popping in, but I, you know, that that's easy and that's not, a, and I jot it down, you know, I've got a grandpa journal and I don't mind that. I just, the, the urgency he seems to feel that I'm, I don't even understand what he wants me to do. It's like, get out there, do this, do that. And I'm like, okay, just when, when that comes to me clearly in what, in some meaningful way to me, I will, but I don't know what you're talking about yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, my mother's grandmother seems to be already queuing up and I haven't even <laughs> I've only done her, you know, up to her parents, and they're from another part of Ireland. How do you know she's queuing up? I see her, and um, she's quiet, and she's waiting, and I kind of can sense her, like I have an image of her. Mm -hmm. Um, I see her laughing at my grandfather. You know, they had an interesting relationship that, you know, she found him very humorous. So I'm just having that, you know, kind of that sense. So none of this was planned. And it's just a really interesting journey. Well, you can't plan this. No. No. (laughs) No, not at all. So really it began, I I don't say it began. It most recently began with you deciding that you wanted to send in your DNA tests finally. Yes. And I didn't really have any compelling reason, just that geez, these have been sitting around. I paid for them you know, yeah. <laughs> for almost a year. Uh, I just need to go send them in. I didn't, there wasn't any, you know, great interest or anything at that point. Yeah. And when but you it, said your cousin contacted you, was that through one of sixth, those? A sixth cousin. Yeah. A cousin. She's about my age and she's, she's retired. So she's probably around my age, six, late sixties. Um, and she contacted me because I showed up on Ancestry as, okay. you know, being one of her. Shared matches. Yes. Yes. And she was thrilled to discover that I was of this missing sibling that came, the great grandparents that came here. There was one that they called them the Mystery Cambridge Dees, and they mm-hmm. didn't know anybody. No one had shown up, which is typical of my family. No one would bother to do this. That's interesting. <laughs> Now, the, in the research that she's done, you said that she's got all these records in Ireland. How many generations back to where, to when? Which I'm still one? learning the lingo. I think it's my fourth grandparents. Mm-hmm. Is that the great, 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 great? Yeah. You know, four times? Yeah. Yeah. 
And she actually sent me, and I, I just haven't had a chance, but she sent me letters from my great, great, great grandmother to all wow. 10 of her siblings. And somebody in the family was holding on to these? Is that? Uh, she- yeah. I don't know how she got them. I haven't actually asked her that, uh, how, where she actually got them. And she's recommending other services. Like she, by the way, she does the global um, but she and her sister split the cost because it's fairly hefty. It she, is, yeah. yeah. The only advantage is that sometimes you can get some new, newspapers, subscriptions. But she uses, um, you know, it wouldn't be relevant to you, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's an Irish company. You right, know? yeah. The, the reason why, you know, all that doesn't seem that relevant to me is because the records are not in English, right? So, you know, I'm pretty exactly. much on, yeah, I'm pretty much on my own with all that once I get to the level which I'm at, which is, you know, I know who came over from Ukraine when. I know that, right? And I know the different branches that came over and when they landed over here. And then I I know for the most part where most of them were from, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's a matter of, which I didn't find out until, but, but part of this is like, you just meet people that know things that you don't, that have kind of been on the path for a while. And yeah. I can't remember exactly how it happened. Oh, I think I do know. It was a, a second cousin of mine uh, who I didn't know, but, you know, my mom knew of him, right? Um, so I could say, who, who is he? And we started having email conversations because we were a shared match on Ancestry. And then he told me that he talked to this man who had really helped him because he'd done a lot of research over in Ukraine. And so I had a conversation with him and then he told me about these records through the Latter-day Saints, familysearch.org. There's actually a lot of the metrical records, the church records are online. So you can, and I never knew that. I thought, oh, now that I'm back to Ukraine, there's no way I have to hire a researcher in Ukraine or I have to go over there. I have to hire a translator in order to get farther with that. But when he opened that door for me, I was able to get into those records, into the online records and start tracing back because a lot of the records were written in certain parts of of that area were written in Latin, Mm -hmm. right? or if it's Catholic, or in the southern part of Ukraine from uh, Bukovina, they were written in Romanian or German, which I've got, you know, I've got some German knowledge, and I've got friends that you speak Romanian, so I can get their help with that, or I can use Google Translate, right? But that's, it's a little trickier, because then I have to decipher the handwriting. Um, And then some of it is written in Cyrillic, which, you know, it's another curveball altogether, which has me now uh, starting to learn Ukrainian via Duolingo, right? (laughs) Because it's like this alphabet, I have to, I have to be able to at least pronounce what I'm seeing here, right? I have to at minimum do that. So I'm starting to, to do that just to acquire, you know, the ability in order to be able to read the records myself a little bit. But a lot of people then hire a genealogist in the country and try to connect with, with relatives. I'm not there yet. And I'm not jumping on the bandwagon to hire somebody until I can exhaust all the different routes that exactly. I can take myself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and for my relatives, when, you know, even my third grandmother, um, she writes in English, but it's very broken because she only spoke Gaelic. So if you go further back, it's yeah. all Gaelic. Well, that was my question. So these fourth great grandparents, what language were they writing each other in? 
uh, the third, she was writing in broken English. Okay. And it's very, you know, uh, weird spelling, but you can make it out. You can, I, you know, I read, I scanned a little bit um, and you can make it out. It's just the spelling is guessing and, um, but she spoke primarily Gaelic. And right. then, then fourth, it's all Gaelic. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, you know, then there's, we're, we go way back, it's the O'Days, O-D, O-D-E-A. And then they go back to Scotland. And the Scottish Gaelic is even different than the Irish Gaelic. Yeah. Do you have documents from that period as well? I don't, but, but again, my, um, my sixth cousin has some and she joined the OD clan. Apparently there are all these clans that you can join and they have annual gatherings and that just doesn't interest me. But, um, you know, she goes to all these events all over the country. She's got, she's related because, you know, they go, she, and, and apparently this is my lin the D lineage is part of the, the ODs. Um, mm. But it's really funny how Irish Americans, they don't want to go back. They don't want to know they're from Scotland. Don't ask me why. There's mm-hmm. some kind of thing. They want to be purebred Irish. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back too um, further, but I'm not there yet either. Yeah. And I just want to feel, I'm actually just filling in the, the family that I didn't have any interest in here. In the well, there's that too. Yeah. There's that too, because you know, it's uh the farther you go back, the more people you're related to right now, right? It's just exactly. all the descendants of that person exactly. that you're related to. Yeah. And that's just another sort of burgeoning. And they tree. all have different names because of course, you know, the, they've married. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. of course, in I don't know about the, the Ukrainian tra- naming tradition, but the Irish tradition will make you nuts because every man is either John, Patrick, or Joseph. Yeah, they're, it's very, very, very similar. They're all biblical names. There's about eight of them, right? And they're passed down, like they skip, you know, a generation and then that person. Yes. Becomes, yes. Why? Yeah. That's the same, you know, like my father's is John F.D. and his grandfather is John F.D., and it's like, what? You know, <laughs> and there's no juniors. It's like they skip a generation and it's, yeah. Yeah. Names, or they'll switch them. Like, you know, Patrick Joseph D and then his, his father's Joseph Patrick D and right. oh my God. But yeah. it can't help also in like identifying is this yeah. possible that this person was right? Because it's like, oh, well, that's that name. It's likely that. Yeah, there's that name. You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's so I, again, I had more of an interest in kind of doing the woo-woo ancestral thing of, you know, going to Ireland and, you know, finding my Druid people. And, you know, yeah. and I didn't, again, I didn't understand that this, this whole genealogy research, it's addictive. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't signed up for anything yet because I know where I'm going to go when I do, you know, I'm going to be in there looking at records and it's really, really interesting, but it's also forced me to re just reconnect at least on paper with my American roots. Yeah. How, why, when did we come here and how many cousins and uncles and I mean, and you know, the Irish families have 10 kids. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a lot of people. Right. Right. Just in the Cambridge D's, you know, yeah. that came here. Have you found that through these people that you've connected with that you're related to, have you found 
a feeling of connection? Have you found that, oh yeah, they feel like they're part of my family in some way? Um, yes, but it's kind of the part that I, <laughs> I had rejected. Interesting. You know, I'm on the group and I'm thinking, oh God, you know, but, I, but again, it's inviting me to expand beyond that nature. Yeah kind of rejection yeah so yeah i'm just engaging with my family my american family as me now instead of me as a kid where i just had no i felt like i had no option but to disengage Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's all good yeah but you're curious but it seems like you're curious you're looking at it all and you're deciding where you want to engage yes and i think that um, the ancestors that are coming to me is a really good place to start. And they're mm-hmm. at the grandparent level. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I imagine it will be, you know, my interest in going back to Ireland and sort of connecting with older ancestry. Um, Cause it's really tying in a lot with my work. It's really, you know, I'm understanding this passion I have about not being attached to ownership and, and sharing resources and, providing access versus ownership because of course we lost everything to the British. You know I mean? That's my history. We Mm -hmm. lost, we were so attached to what we owned castles and land and farmlands and it was all taken. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just giving me a bigger understanding about my why for the, what, for what I'm passionate about goes way back. How would you describe what you're passionate about? I am really passionate about sharing resources and not being so attached to who has what and not attaching value, human value and authority and power based on what resources you have and I don't have. And, you know, learning, I mean, looking at what we're doing to the planet, learning to live exquisitely with just enough. Mm. And most people with a lot of money aren't even living exquisitely. They're just Mm. living lavishly. You know, there's a big difference. So I've always been passionate about that. You know, I've been around money in bank, in my banking world, you know, with wealth management and all that stuff. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen family wealth used just to control and belittle. And, you know, so I, I have a lot of passion around I love resources, you know, all resources, including money, but I don't love the way we hoard it and use it and extract it and exploit it. And I think that if we just shared and lived, nourished ourselves with just enough, there's plenty for everybody. So I feel really passionate about it. And it goes way back. It's not just, you know, I know my astrologers always said that, you know, you're such a visionary and an idealist and, it, and it's ancestral. It's mm. not just you. Mm. And I never quite understood what that meant. And this is making it really tangible. Like, yeah. oh. like starting with your grandfather? Um, my grandfather, yes. Well, no, it goes even way back. You know, when my ancestors lost everything they had and it, it plunged it, like it destroyed my family, you know, it plunged them into despair and alcoholism and all kinds of stuff. My grandfather. When did they, when did they come over? 
from Ireland? Um, they came over eighteen late 1800s. I, uh, I think that it was my great, great grandparents, which I, again, I didn't know that. I thought it would be my, I thought my great grandparents came here, but it's my great, great grandparents mm-hmm. that Im- immigrated here. And so my, my grandfather, I think is of the same lineage as I am, but he dealt with it differently. He'd also, the Catholic church had cost him his beloved wife and he was very bitter. In what that. way? Um, she insisted on going to a Catholic hospital. And, you know, in those days, if you went to a Catholic hospital and you had any trouble, the child came first, you died. Mm. That's how it was. And he was furious. He, she was in labor for 72 hours and, uh, you know, they, that's what they do. And finally decided that neither one of them were going to survive. So they used forceps and my sweet uncle Patrick was physically and mentally harmed and my grandmother died mm. in childbirth and he had three boys at home. Oh. And so he, you know, he, that was it. And he just kind of shut down. He hated everybody. He hated everything. He's pretty miserable man. Uh, but he was a teetotaler because his dad was drunk. So he, at least he didn't, he wasn't, he was an earner and he, you know, he was a provider, but emotionally he was totally shut down mm-hmm. and found everybody stupid. Mm-hmm. And I have some of that, you know, like, why doesn't everyone else see what I see? You know, <laughs> but he was definitely um, just barely could tolerate people who didn't really think beyond what they were told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's just really interesting to see that. Okay, so and I was born. I swear, I was born without patience because I had his. All, I must have all of his genes, and I've had to work on patience my whole life. And so instead of wondering why, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can compare myself to him, and I'm like, wow, I've made a lot of progress in the in the lineage, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's given me a whole different understanding of myself. And I, can, and I want more, you know, I can't, I really am looking forward to it. I have a few projects I, I have to focus on right now, but I'm, I will take a month or two and just go ahead and get the subscriptions and do a lot of work and, and it may not be a month or two. No, be- that's what I was thinking. This is not a month or two. Never is a month or two, right? I was in the vein of, oh, well, I'll just have an ancestry membership for a month or two and I'll connect with whoever. I mean, the thing just keeps on renewing and renewing and renewing and renewing, right? And there's just yeah. more and more to mine. At a certain point, what I really need to do, and I know this, is, is take it all from online and take it into my own hard drive, Right. And yeah. import all that information. And, uh, you know, of course, one of the people that I met along the way has told me which program that I should use for that. So I have to, you know, that's another thing, like on the to-do list. <laughs> oh, my God. You mean points you on the to-do actually list. buy the software? Or you yeah, buy, buy the software so that you can, you can keep all of that, you know, organized on your own hard drive. Keep all the trees and all the connections and all the all the sources and then there's the whole sort of how do you how do you store the files so that you can easily access you can really become like a family historian 
wow, you're really into this. Oh, I am. Yeah. And, it's just, <laughs> and it scares me because that, that tells me how deep I can It go. is. Yeah. No. And, and like I said, and I just keep meeting people that are even farther along than me and where that leads, right? It's just more and more and more, but it doesn't scare me. It's just fascinating. But yeah, awesome. you do, you do have to certain points, pull the reins in and say, Hey, they've got, I've got other stuff going on. Right. But, but then there's also the part which we opened this conversation with is, well, I don't really know why I'm doing this, but I know there's a reason for it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so and what, would it have been wonderful if yeah. one of if you, one of your, you know, aunts or uncles had done this. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Like I'm filling in all of my cousin, my immediate cousins and and all that stuff, because I'm thinking, you know, who knows, one of my nieces or nephews or second nieces or nephews may be fascinated by this, and I, it's a contribution, I could have, that's, that's, yeah, look, I've done all this work, now you just need to go, you're immediate, you, continue it on you know you that's exactly it that that was one of mine because I've got kids right and and I want to talk to those that know and that remember while they're still alive right and 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 find out what they know and then go beyond that to find out what I can gather from before but you you know you have to also understand that maybe certain family members aren't going to be as interested as you are. That's what I'm finding that, you know, even though this is like amazing to me and, and that I'm very passionate about it, others would be, Oh, well, I don't know why you're into that or not so interested in it. Right. For whatever reason, because you know, I don't know. And I mean, certain ways I do know because the past can also bring up a lot that people aren't ready to deal with. Oh yeah. And my family on both sides, there's just a lot of dysfunction and trauma and, you know, and exactly. so you're right. And I, it's it's interesting dilemma because I have not spoken to cousins, I don't know, in 25 years or something. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of them and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to take it one at a time and they may not be at all interested in reconnecting and they certainly may not be interested in sharing what they remember, but mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah, I know my siblings have no interest. My older brother, who has since passed away, is the only one that actually started this process. Mm -hmm. My other two, as my grandfather said, are sleepwalking through their history. I've had conversations with cousins that I haven't spoken to in 30 years because of this. So it's definitely a connector. Uh, But beyond that, uh, when I asked you about, you know, these cousins and people that you're distantly related to, if you feel a connection to that, I've found people that I do feel a connection to that are not as closely related to me as others. Mm-hmm. but I feel even more connected to. So it's, well, I'm looking forward it, to that. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. The people kind of pop out of the woodwork and they're in different places that you wouldn't expect. Like I found out for instance, that there was a second cousin that lives in the same town in Alberta that my parents live in and who wow. I met this summer and she could show me uh, her, the wedding picture of her grandmother who she'd never met because she passed away before she was born uh, and when her mother was actually a child, who was the half sister of my grandmother, my dad's mother. And so, yeah. And then you'd see like certain traits, certain characteristics and traits, and they seem to be passed through the different lines and they come from different people. Yeah. Uh, what was really interesting for me was three years ago, I think when I got into this. And then there was like a couple of years where it just kind of settled and I wasn't 
as deep as I am now. But three years ago, when I connected with a distant second cousin, got on Ancestry, hadn't done the DNA yet, right? It just kind of starting to unfold that I learned about a lot of things that I had absolutely no idea about from my immediate family and Mm -hmm. what shaped my immediate family um, events and things like that, that, uh, that I had absolutely no idea about that gave me more of an insight into who I am. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of that trauma is, is passed down. Absolutely. And then there's, and you you probably also sounds like from what you're saying, aware of the effects of intergenerational trauma and kind of the cultural trauma that the people went through where, as you said, in Ireland, where their land was taken away, everything, they lost everything is the same story in Ukraine. And it has been like that for millennia where they've always, always been trying to just keep the land that they have known for millennia just underneath their feet without being tossed off or being forced to go to war for some other nation or that sort of thing. Right. So I see you really see that as it's, it's a global intergenerational trauma. We're all traumatized. We're all walking around with these traumas and exactly off each other. And it's, you know, it's no wonder the world is, is showing us the effects of that. Exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes when I'm, because I've also, this is also making me explore my culture more you know, I've always been interested and connected and say like the food and that sort of thing, but I, I've joined recipe groups and then I start to interact with people that are in the the diaspora, but also those that are back in Ukraine and those that travel from North America back to Ukraine and, and the way that they are and the way they interact with each other. And sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm not thrilled about that, right? I see this sort of, this stubbornness and this sort of, you know, there's, there's, there's certain behavior that I find really off-putting, you know, that, that is clearly, I never really saw it as cultural, but seems to be cultural nevertheless. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Have you been to the Ukraine? No, I haven't. That's going to happen. Oh, it, you know, that's another thing. But it's not like, oh, I have to go tomorrow, right? Because yes. I still feel like I've got a lot of homework to do to really make it powerful. Like I, I would like to know where all for sure, for sure, where all of these ancestors came from who narrowed down their birth records. Uh, some of them I have, and some of them I haven't. Right. So I'd like to be able to find that right now what I just, you know, things pop up every day, something new, right? So the, yeah. the village that my, my dad's dad said he was from in Ukraine, I couldn't find him in the records there. I couldn't find his birth record. I couldn't find the birth records for any of his siblings there, but I, I should have been because they actually had it available for that time period. And then I found out, and I don't, I think I was looking for that town just to see how far it was from the town where a lot of my mother's ancestors are from just, you know, like how long would it have been to travel? And that's another thing that, you know, you kind of get your head around is the distances, like how big the distances were and what they endured physically to cross these distances is so much bigger than, than what we, you know, that we do today. Right. So what I found out, this is just yesterday. It's like, like I said, there's a, there's a new thing every day uh, was that there are three villages that are called this 
in Ukraine, ah. in three different oblasts, you know, like provinces or regions, right? So I've got to go, <laughs> I've got more homework to do. I've got two more sources to look at and say, well, maybe it's, it's this Kustin, it's not that Kustin, right? Oh, so interesting. yeah, so I, of course, I'm not, I, I'd rather go over there when I know for sure, which one exactly. it is. And, you know, and then find out if I can find out uh, what happened to that village or is there, you know, was everything decimated? Because in the village where my mom's, most of my mom's ancestors are from, and it's interesting, it's like so many branches are from that one little village, uh, was totally decimated in the First World War. So, you know, what what would be there? Wow, yeah, Just what a, would be available? What would be there? You know, would I feel any connection? I suspect I would. I have this feeling like that the area of Alberta that I grew up in, uh, well, not necessarily grew up in, but that my parents grew up in and the, that their families homesteaded in is the, I think it was at one point in time, it was like the largest community in the world outside of Ukraine for Ukrainian settlers. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's huge. It's, and, and I'm just like, well, what is this about the landscape there that's common? And I th- I feel that there's certain aspects of the landscape that I grew up in in Alberta with, you know, the, the, um, the grain and the blue yeah. sky, right. That's also, well, it's the Ukrainian flag, right. There's this, <laughs> there's going to be things that feel very familiar in that landscape that I'm used to that probably they felt familiar in when they, when they left and, and settled in Alberta, right. Which is absolutely. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah. But it's very different. I think that, you know, that the type, so I feel like that what I'm, what I'm finding is that those people that went to, you know, through Ellis Island and settled in New York and they settled settled in uh, the Northeastern United States, very different cultural development, right? Because most of them worked in factories and that sort of, they didn't farm, right? So it would have been such a change from the sort of very um, earth connected way of living with that, 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 you know, would have, yeah, would have thrown another, you know, loop into the whole. Yeah. Another, yeah. Another influence so that they would be different than, but you know what what you were saying in terms of people popping up, I am finding the people who are popping up in Ireland is where I feel really connected to those Mm. people. I feel like something happened to the lineage when it arrived here. And I don't know all the stories, you know, yet um, that, and that's what my grandfather's trying to say to me, you know, there, this isn't really your lineage yeah. here. So, and so I have the sense that it is going back there, not necessarily in the romantic way. I was thinking, Oh, I'm going to go in the woods and all my Druid relatives will show up. And again, you never know, it could happen. Honest to God. Okay. That happened to me when I went to Ireland and I'm not Irish. Like, okay, just... so that, that could happen. But you know, again, that, that to reconnect with, my sense, and it's very early on for me, obviously, my sense is that I can't access my culture through my U.S. relatives. It is back in Ireland that is really the, the culture that I want to reconnect with. But again, you know, I haven't done my homework. I still want to fill it all in. I, ha- I suddenly feel like, okay, I'm, I'm now a historian for the Cambridge D's. You know, right. I'm going to fill this in. And then when I go back there, there is a sense that I will recover, you know, because part of when I've been doing all the social justice work and 
you know, anti-black racism work and all that stuff is that, you know, when we come here to the United States, after a few generations, we lose our culture mm-hmm. and we come into this American white culture, which is not actually our real culture, anybody's real culture, because we're all pretty much immigrants or natives or slaves, right? Right. From other cultures. So I think that's where I'm going to discover, and, it, and I had a taste of it at, you know, however old I was, 20, I don't know, it was like 28 or something that that's where I can recover aspects of my culture that, you know, add real depth and nourishment and ritual and, you know, a sense of lineage. Cause I've been looking at lineage and legacy, you know, I, without having, I don't have any family ties here. So you feel like you're just this sort of soul entity. And it's, it's, I can feel that, it's already happening. There's a sense of, ah, time, you know, like the Native Americans, you know, think seven generations ahead. You don't, I don't have to do my work. I'm 68 and oh my God, how many years do I have left? I've got to do my work. I've got to make my impact. No, I just have to plant seeds, you know, for the next generation and the next generation. And so there's a, I'm getting a much more, you know, back and forward timeline. I don't feel the same urgency like oh my god i'm it with my particular gifts to give and i haven't really figured out how to disseminate it in any you know significant way and i'm behind and da 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 you know i'm going to die with all this in me and that's letting go mm. which is one of the real benefits and a oh. sense that i'm going to recover what i choose to recover from my actual culture from my actual lineage yeah. But that, I suspect, is mostly in Ireland. And I think when we do this work, we're affecting the generations before and the generations after in ways that are not tangible. Exactly. Well, my grandfather says that we do it laterally, too. Uh, he's like, you're going to, you will wake up the laterally, your American lineage as well, just by re- recovering the knowledge and the passion and the connections you know, it will spread. Yeah. So, cause when I was like, well, what are you talking about? You know, what, what do you mean backwards, forwards and, and vertically, uh, horizontally, you know, that I have work to do. And <laughs> it's like, don't worry about it. Just, yeah. You, you, yeah. That's definitely in there. It's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do your work and you get, get in touch with all of this and you're as, you know, as art, articulate and expressive as you are, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So yep. it's not like a, I don't have to have a business plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very true. And thank you for bringing my attention to that because I do feel that, for instance, with, with my journey in terms of the connection to, to the earth, you know, something just very culturally in my family, I always remember whenever my mom or dad would get on the phone with their parents, it'd be, well, what's the weather like? And I'm like, they're so weather oriented. You know, it's like the first question is what's the weather like? It's like just this mundane question, but now I get it. I understand it's because they really were tuned in to what was happening. Like Mm -hmm. what, you know, the weather is, is everything. Whereas before I thought it was just this mundane kind of opener. It's like, no, it's actually what's important. So, you know, for me, I I know this as well, that there's that sort of reconnecting 
as you were describing about what real value is and shared resources for me is also that way about appreciating those things that that we have that are naturally abundant that we overlook and com- exactly. you know, turn into commodities that exactly yeah yeah so the, yeah so so definitely because when we grow that awareness within ourselves or just reconnect to it then it spreads as well that's what i feel so yeah it does and it spreads on a, a level that we don't have to even understand no we don't no no and we can't probably, <laughs> and that's okay that we can't understand. And, and that, because I kept saying, why aren't, Grandpa, why are you so damn excited? You weren't interested in me when I was an adorable, you know, preteen in, you know, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, because you are going to bring forward what needs to be brought forward. And I, I don't really even understand what that means, but he's all excited. You know? when, when, okay, now what you're talking about, it's like you're having a dialogue. Do you dialogue with him? Are you journaling or how does this, when do these conversations happen? Um, it's easy for me to describe them in a dialogue to others, but it mm-hmm. actually happens spontaneously. Um, I don't actually speak out loud to him, but I, you know, I have a response. Yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. And yet when I, jur- I, think it ha- I, think it, I think I get clear on what I'm exchanging when I journal it. Mm-hmm. It's like I just journal these conversations. It's not like I necessarily hear them, but I, uh, I, just, I can record what I know is happening on some level. Mm. And the journal is just, it's wonderful. You know, and I just write all these brilliant things that I didn't think, (laughs) you know, I didn't really think it. And I don't even understand some of it, Mm -hmm. but I knew, you know, that's what's going on sometimes. Yeah. He's always talking to me when I look at the picture and I, and I have several pictures now that I just keep handy. And when I have a moment, I pick it up and I look at it. Mm. And that seems to be the talisman, you know, to call in. I don't know if you've had this sort of thing where people reach out to you that are, um, that were basically adopted out. Have you had any of that going on? Not yet, but I, my distant cousin has. Yeah. And she yeah, said, so that's really touchy in the family because, you know, do you give them all the information? Yeah, I have a lot of that on my mother's side. And, you know, that's my grandmother's just waiting quietly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, let, let me deal with the ownership and the, you know, on my father's side, there is alcoholism, but there's a lot of, it's, it's more about authority and, uh, you know, abuse of authority and taking ownership of lands and assets. You know, that's easy. Right. Yeah. It's like, whoops. You can harvest those gems in, you know, for your work and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, obviously the other side, I've been affected by it. So I need to go there too. But, yeah. you know, in due time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no... But it is fascinating. It's not what I... It's not what I thought. No, me neither. I Somehow I thought, you know, genealogy is, you know, sort of this boring kind of like right. going through records yeah, and keeping records, you know, yeah. and all these details. I'm not too detail-oriented, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a oh, macro person, yeah. right? <laughs> So, but you know, somehow all these details are absolutely fascinating to me. So I'm becoming more detail oriented, I think. I know. I can't believe, you know, you, you just sort of dropped this little seed that I could have my own tree and I'm all excited already. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't like the way, you know, ancestor, ancestry, um, 
shows the tree. I just find exactly. it confusing. And I, well, like, I will, when I, this? when I have experience with that, I, I mean, I can easily let you know what was recommended to me. I just have to find it in an email. I can let you know if you're interested. Yeah. At some but, point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cause like, I'm not there yet either. Like I I'm still like paying for my ancestry every month because I'm <laughs> feeling like, Oh no, I still want to know, you know, all these people I'm connected to, but what I found another little gem I found out yesterday is even if you don't have a, uh, a membership, you've done the DNA test, you still uh, are able to uh, message shared matches. So, you know, oh, shared matches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can still. So, so that's, that's kind of a revelation. I'm not saying I'm going to cancel my membership tomorrow, but maybe I will, you know, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. I'm yeah. Still- I am. I am really blessed by this uh, sixth cousin because she, you know, she's got the global membership and she does all this stuff and she is constantly so sending me. She found a, you know, a photo of the gravestone of my aunt and uncle. Right. Yeah. There are the dates and there's yep. her maiden name and, you know, like she's. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really a, grateful. Yeah, that's another thing. So there's a the second or third cousin, maybe second cousin. I think it's the second cousin once removed, actually. You start to get all that, all that stuff know. in your head as well, right? <laughs> About how you're related to people. But he's, you know, I, I think he was recommended to me because I reached out to his son, who I found, you know, looking like through obituaries, I found out that, you know, he's a descendant of, of uh, basically, we have a shared great-grandmother right? Or it would be my great grandmother, his second great grandmother. Uh-huh. And then he's like, well, you know, uh, I'm going to point you to my dad because he's, you know, kind of more of a family historian. So I've had, you know, these email exchanges with him and he's since, you know, because of the, these common, uh, we would have, well, they're my second great grandparents. They're his great grandparents. Um, because they're wow. common ancestors to us that so he's more interested to like, send me photos of the homestead. Did you know this kind of thing? Right. Wow. It's, yeah. You know, he'll be going by and say, you know, and, and he's, this sparked this whole interest in him to document as much as he knows about his own family and the branches they're, they're in. Right. But he's sitting in my inbox. I got to reply to him. Right? Wow, <laughs> fun, just... You know, and for somebody like me who just always says, well, I don't, you know, I don't really have a family. My family are my friends. And yeah. suddenly I have 183 distant yeah. cousins yeah. You know, in a group. It's like, Whoa, this is right. strange. This is changing my identity. You know, yeah. that I don't have a family. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually not true. You have exactly. a huge family, right? It's huge, it's right. massive. It's just yeah. not necessarily your immediate family. Yeah, we can also find that those that are more distantly related to us actually we have more in common with them than those that we are more closely related to. Exactly. And yeah, like the even like I said, even first cousins who are not interested at all and don't seem to you know share too many things. But then there's I, I have another person in California right now who I know her grandfather was a neighbor of my, of my, um, of my dad's, my, my dad's parents, right? So their homestead or their, their, the farm that they were on, the first one was very close to this man's. And my dad's uh, brother told me that he thought that he was my dad's, well, their grandmother's um, brother, and so I went back and I looked in the metrical records and it's like, no, they have different, this is back in Ukraine now that I found this after I found, you know, talking to this guy, right, who told me these records even existed. And I found out that no, they actually aren't brother and sister, but maybe they share, like maybe they're cousins, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so this, this woman, I know my grandmother's last name, right? She has that last name, my great grandmother's last name. She has that last name. And uh, you know, there's a, we share a lot, like there's a lot of things that we have in common. And I feel this connection to her, even though I have no idea at this point, like how distant of a cousin she is. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're already, you know, we're, you and I are already in it, right? Those that are on the other <laughs> side. Yeah. <laughs> just be rolling their eyes at it, right? Yeah, I'm definitely in it. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And it happened very quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very quickly, you know, yeah. just yeah. like, whoosh, oh, you know, yeah. From but, a mild interest, like I should, I should mail these in, spit in the tube and mail these in since I paid for them. That's the only reason I did it. And then, wow. Yeah. 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 Like, so you did it. And then what was it? Was it hearing from this distant cousin or was it just finding out? It all happened at once, pretty okay. much. You know, okay. uh, I think 23 and me, ancestry didn't really surprise me at all. 100% Scotch and Irish. Yeah, I knew that. But 23 and me, where they identified the counties in Ireland and Scotland, the most mm -hmm. likely counties, that freaked me out because those were the exact counties I visited. That's incredible. In, in both, uh, you know, Scotland and Ireland. Wow. That's his 20s, you know, mm -hmm. spontaneously. Back right. You know, backpacking and renting a, a stick shift car driving on the other side of the <laughs> yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I thought... How many flat tires did you get? <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was a little hairy. Yeah. But, you know, I thought, there is no coincidence. No. Okay, wow. I knew where to go. I knew where to go and I wasn't even on an intentional roots kind of trip. Right. So that's what, it just, it shifted the the importance of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I saw, okay, this is really important about the same time right away because, because Sherry's like doing this daily and she immediately saw my DNA and said, Whoa, Oh my God. You know, I think we're, you know, we're definitely, we have a lot of DNA in common and where's your family from? And I just said, look, I'm brand new at this. I think I just got my results. I'm brand new. I really don't know. Although I know that the D's that I'm related to, were in Cambridge and she went, Oh my God, the mystery Cambridge D. She was so excited. Oh. So again, that was an alert that this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. like you're actually, you're actually of a, you know, of one out of 10 mystery lineages. And right. No you're the missing called. link for her in that. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a missing link in your lineage and you are the, you're the provider. Right. Uh, which was so ironic to me. Me, I don't even have anything to do with my family, but you know, here I am. But so you do. But that's the point. You do, right? Yes. Of course, yeah. do, you know? of course you do. You can't not. You can't help it. You can't decide. No. Family. You know. No. Yeah. Work that that was another thing that actually was very cool for me. Uh, when uh, the second cousin, and there was actually another second cousin who, well, the second cousin that was on Ancestry told me about another second cousin that had done all this work and suggested that I connect with her. And I think maybe I found her on Facebook or maybe she gave me her an email. I don't really remember how exactly, but then she had this information um, that that second cousin didn't have a more of a connection because that second cousin was only a half second cousin. Like we share a great grandmother, but not the same great grandfather. Um, and then the other second cousin, I share both. 
And uh, so she seemed to have more you know, of a connection with the Ferentz side of the family, whereas, you know, the, the other second cousin would be more co- connected to the Pahalik, which is the, the mother of my, of the great, my great grandmother. Right. So anyway, so I found out through her, the, the, uh, the second cousin via the other second cousin that my great, my second great grandmother uh, stories about her riding around the countryside well into her 90s uh, on a bike and um, being a midwife and kind of a, of a healer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, me with all the endurance sports and yeah. right, <laughs> all that stuff, right? And I, you know, you, you probably don't know this about me, but I'm hugely into like natural healing modalities yeah, and have used that for forever with my kids, right? So good it's, for you. Yeah. I have oh, wow. I canceled my health insurance about 30 years ago. I've just yeah. been all off the books, you know. Right. Not, yeah. Right. So that's totally ancestral as well. But, yeah, you know that is it, and it's just like, oh, there was this witchy woman that was that I was related to that we we know about, right? <laughs> it's in <laughs> it's your like, genes, oh. yeah. yeah, right. It's like, oh, this healer, midwife, seer type woman that ra- rode around the countryside. <laughs> so yeah. interesting, yeah. Because I always felt not in the same same way as you, kind of like not connected to my culture and my family because these aspects of me, I never connected to them at all. Like I thought, where, exactly. you know, where do I get all that from? It's not coming from my parents. So my those whole family is so, so conservative and traditional and, you know, they just don't, they never knew where I came from. Right. Exactly. So it's I the never same thing. You just want to bust out and, you know, and then I find out on my side as well, this whole, which I never realized was part of the history here in Canada about the Ukrainian internment and how you, did you know about that? No. Okay. Well, during the first world war, so all of my ancestors were here before that happened. Uh, they basically uh, interned Ukrainians in uh, prisoners of war wow. and, uh, and put them in work camps. Oh my God. Yeah. So just like the Japanese, although I'd never heard about it. So I never heard about that. I'd never heard about it. And here I am being Ukrainian descent and living in Canada and didn't know that most of Banff National Park was built on forced labor camps of Ukrainian, Ukrainian forced labor. Um, And so then I got, oh, maybe this is why there's this sort of uh, ethos of staying under the radar in my family. Yeah. You know? Don't well, you know, and keep your head down. Don't and let them know to, yeah, don't right? let them notice. And, you know, it made sense to me, too. There was a big deal made. My family didn't make a big deal out of anything. But somehow when I got in the management training program at State Street Bank in Boston, you would think I was elected president. Of the United <laughs> and it was such a big deal. My father was literally on the phone calling relatives he hadn't spoken to in years. You're not going to believe it. My daughter is going to be an officer at State Street Bank. And I never quite appreciated. Apparently, it's a real, you know, Brahmin bastion. And they, you know, the Irish in Boston cleaned homes and were indentured servants and stuff. And apparently that it was such a big deal in my culture. And when I was telling Sherry about it, she was, Oh my, yes. I mean, that was, that would be such a big deal, you know, cause you were so excluded. The Irish were so excluded and the kind of caste system 
Mm. uh, when they came over and for you to actually be part of that, you know, was just such a big deal. And I always thought it was so super, again, superficial Superficial, and silly and oh, for God's sakes, you know, but now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That was a big deal. Exactly. You know, and then I never really realized, you know, how lucky the Ukrainians were that got out of Ukraine when, when my ancestors came over here, because after that, I mean, you're probably aware of, of the Ukrainian genocide, right? That's yes. You know, that's like, Oh my gosh, what, you know, what, the, what they went through, right. It's just, just, you know, I the, the trauma that they went through is, is just another, and that's, that's another thing that I realized that the, the families or descendants of people that came over after that are very different than the ones that came over before. Exactly. Of, yeah. Um, they have a whole different kind of trauma. Absolutely. And like starvation in Ireland, most of yeah. these, most of my relatives came here because they were starving. Exactly. You know, and debtors prisons and, you know, things like that, that you, you go, wow, that's part, that's part of my intergenerational trauma. That's part of why I feel so strongly about de- against debt. And, you know, it's like, I mean, not that I feel strongly against it, but I, you know, it's got to be used very cautiously. So that's why, you know, it, yeah, it really does make you realize that you can choose to reject your family if you want, but it's a part of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not, it doesn't even make sense. Right. To reject it. <laughs> no, you can't reject it. It's not yeah. like you just can't. Right? Oh, <laughs> you can no. turn away from it, but it's part of you. Yeah. yeah it really so. is. Yeah, you know, and at a certain point, turning towards it is it could be very enriching for you and your yeah, life. Yeah, I know that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing that. It's like, wow, you have a lot, and I'm seeing all the biases that I have. Yeah, you know, I thought this was going to be about you know anti-black bias or racism or whatever. No, it's my own bias towards mm-hmm. my own family. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest bias I have. Yeah, I'm seeing it. You know, just being in the group and you know seeing certain posts and, you know, I zero right in on them and it's like, Oh, come on, let it go. Mm. You know, it's just this, that's their bias. You don't have to be biased against their bias. <laughs> yeah. And I'm almost, I don't know, just coming to me to, to say that uh, it's also self-rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. Know. Yeah. You don't need to be rejecting things that you don't like about your heritage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just need to accept it. Yeah. And you can choose differently, but right. you, that's different than rejecting it. Right. Like you are more than those choices, right? Well, that's another thing. It's like, well, I have shame or embarrassment about certain things, right? Because it's like, well, it's part of my culture. Or it's part of, you know, but it's like, well... Yeah, but if I do that and if I just hide under the rock, like what right. what good is that? You know, that's that's you know, that's well, it almost that. fortifies it, you know, right. by not by you know, it becomes a shadow kind mm-hmm. of. And it's like, no, you know, you need to bring it out and it is a part of your lineage or your family and you make different choices with it, but you don't have to reject it and you don't have to reject the people who express it who made different choices exactly or lived under very different circumstances and, right yeah you know didn't have the choices that we have now growing up where i did in alberta uh which was a very non-ukrainian area so uh, very there were a lot of german people a lot of people from you know england ireland france um but not many not much 
outside of that, maybe a few Scandinavians, but not much outside of that. So being Ukrainian, I was kind of underground because it was almost seen as being of like a lower class. I was going to ask you, like, what are the bi- what are the prejudices? Yeah, there was a lot of that sort of, you know, that sort of bias. I always felt kind of a shame about my culture in the community that I grew up in, not being proud to say I, this is my this is my ethnic background. Whereas if I would have lived in Edmonton or the area, you know, where, where my relatives came from, that would be, that wouldn't have been a factor. Even if I would have lived in Northern Ontario, it wouldn't have been a factor. As I understand it from um, somebody that I met on one of the Facebook groups who is, you know, does the Ukrainian genealogy because she told me about programs that they had that were offered uh, for free to learn the language and how, you know, within their pockets, there was, there was a very supportive community. So So you would have, you would have also imbibed in that cultural pride. mm -hmm, Exactly. Exactly. And she is, and she lives that. That's very true. Cause Mm -hmm. I grew up around Boston and while there was a large Boston, uh, Irish part of Boston, it was, it was, a lower class you know Mm -hmm. it was ruffians and drunks and you know it was so I was ashamed yeah yeah I think I internalized that you're right that's that Mm -hmm. self-hatred it is and I you know it was very awkward for me as a young person because I'm not really being true to feeling proud about who I am and not, you know, if somebody's in class in grade school, right. And they ask you, what's your ethnic background? Where are you from? And I wouldn't say, I'd say, Oh, I'm, I, I, you know, some people say they're Canadian and I'd say, well, you know, I'm German. I'm something other than what I was. Like I wow. didn't want to be transparent about that for the fear of like, Oh, I'm going to be seen as a second class sort of person. And, and you can hide because you know, you're white. So who's going to say it, right? Wow, like it's so not an obvious racial yeah. difference, right? It's not that obvious. So I never did. And then at certain point with my grandparents, I always in their home. And when they came to visit, I would always call them the Ukrainian words for grandparents, which are Baba and Jiru. And, but when my friends were around, it's like, oh, it's like my grandmother. And then, and uh, my, my, my Bob and Judah were very injured by this. Right. And I, I know I hurt them. Like I know, but I didn't, I felt the shame and I couldn't be visible about my background and I couldn't like, like be proud of my culture when they were there amongst my friends. I just, oh. I just had no capacity to do that at that point. But I, you know, at the same time, I really love them and I love the culture. So it was really difficult for me to navigate at that mm-hmm. point in my life. But I, you, Laurie? that like was, that was probably, you know, when I was a teenager, I was oh, probably wow. like 12 to 15, somewhere in there. Self-conscious about yeah. everything then. To exactly. Have yeah. And so that they started saying, you know, calling me all oh, grandmother, grandfather, grandpa, grandma. And it's like, well, no, that doesn't feel right to me at all. Because you're not, you're actually my Baba and Jiro, and I don't want you to be my grandma and grandpa because that's not who you are, yeah. right? And so, but at that time, I knew that much that I didn't want that, and I knew that I'd hurt them. I didn't really know how I could be other than that. And I know that there was one point where, like, my boyfriend at the time, that my aunt and uncle, my mom's brother and sister, decided that they were going to tell him that what what I was, and I was, you know, horrified by that, right? I just like, oh, you know, now he knows about this. And now what is he going to think of me? You know, that's just the way I saw it in my very wow. kind of immature teenage perspective. Um, and, you know, and then uh, there's, there's part like now, you know, have knowing what I know, living as long as I have, I'm able to go back 
and just, I guess, heal that aspect. Like yeah. the pride that I heal, he, that I feel now about the culture and I'm very, very vocal about it. And I will tell anybody, you know, what my background is and, and I'm able to stand in, in pride of that. Whereas before was very, yeah, very sort of undercover with it and, wow, yeah. and feeling ashamed. How painful, you mm-hmm. know, as a teenager, that's particularly yeah. Yeah. And then you feel, and then as you get older, you feel guilty about it. Absolutely. I felt huge amounts of guilt around it. It was kind of a tangled web, all that, you know, unwinding all that and seeing it all to the point where it's like, well, I came from that point of shame about my culture to this point of pride, like a real kind of flag bearing pride over it. Um, and maybe not flag bearing because you know I do I I see I feel Canadian I don't feel necessarily Ukrainian nationalist sort of pride but just the cultural pride but yeah and then and then I feel like yeah those this is up to me to kind of to 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 share that pride of the culture and the what I feel is very a grounded awareness um, of the culture and connection to the earth with my kids and. Whoever yeah. else will, will listen to me about it. Yeah, kind of bring it forward now. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, God, I, you know, I bet that's why I I have never really been a big drinker. Mm. I just thought it was, you know, a normal preference or something. But no, because I couldn't hide being Irish. I mean, I look Irish. Yeah. The freckles, you know. Yeah, and your name, Irish obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm you. So I could never hide that. But I think that's why I never liked to, I, I just never drank much because that was my shame mm-hmm. about my culture. They were always drunk, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was rowdy and, and I just wouldn't, I never really questioned it. I think I thought it was because I, my father was an alcoholic, my brother was an alcoholic. And so I was kind of a teetotaler. But again, in a conversation with my grandfather or an exchange, whatever you want to call it, he said to me, I had healed that, but I just needed to not judge it. In other words, mm. I was not a teetotaler, but I just needed to let go of the judgment of enjoying alcohol. Right. Because in my culture, it was either a complete, utter alcoholic drunk or a never touch it, it's evil, you know? Mm-hmm. But I still had some, I realized I still have a little bit of that where I just didn't want to be associated with the drinking. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to go have a glass of wine after this. Good. <laughs> That's great. And enjoy it, you know. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not now, but, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whenever you do. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it is, just, it's such a journey. And, you know, I mean, even though you're way further down the road than I am, you know, it's going to continue for the rest of your life. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the cool part. It's like, oh, this is a this is a never ending journey. It it is. It really is. Yeah. And we're and just I doing our part in it all, you know. Yeah. It's just it's, we're just doing our part. That's and it. I had the sense of urgency that, oh, I've got to plan the trip. Of course, that's another thing. Of course, right away I knew exactly where I was going. I'm gonna to go to Enos and I'm gonna stay there for two or three months. And yeah, yeah. And this yeah. Ennis, I guess it's called, had yeah. popped up. 10 years ago and I've been sort of researching it and I'm really drawn to it. Does it have good internet connection? Yes. You know, okay, good. Well, you could work remotely. That's fine. Yeah. So, but, but I, but I have to say, I don't have, and of course I have contacts over there and they're all like, when are you coming? Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of like, wait a minute, I don't have to rush to physically. No, no. 
for this journey. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I'll know when it, the time is right. Yeah. To exactly. go there. Yeah. You'll know. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, uh, you don't necessarily have to go. And I don't actually want to go there till I have a little more information. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can't wait to go back to all those counties and go back to Scotland and you know, have, a, have a little more conscious experience. Right. Maybe see some gravestones, that sort of thing. That was yeah. very, very powerful for me and, and very healing, I think, in ways that I can't even describe when I went back to Alberta this summer and my dad was yeah. very, very interested to go to the family graves and to go to like the family homesteads from his dad's side of the family. Oh, how cool. It really was. It was really like just, you know, standing there and yeah, feeling the something. Yeah. Well, it's feeling, feeling the connection to them mm-hmm. and feeling my connection to him mm-hmm. through them uh, and through him. Right. Like just, yeah. it was, uh, it was just, it, it really grounded me. I have to say, it's like, I just yeah. feel like, I come from somewhere. Exactly. I come from somewhere. Yeah. And I don't have, I've not never had that sense. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. 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 Wow. Absolutely. Fascinating. Thank you for talking to me about it because I'm so new to it. And it's, and it, you know, I think sometimes I think you have such an imagination and you make a big deal out of everything. And maybe you're just exaggerating this, but I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's so much to it. So yeah. much. It's so rich. It's like a rich tapestry is what it is. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's that thread that I sort of, the theme, I've, I'm kind of on a little bit of a sabbatical, like just, you know, tracing the thread that weaves through my work and my life. And it's like, this is a big thread. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. This, this really well, just. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But I'm not, it's not just me, you know, my, my imagination. No. something happening here. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. There's things we can't deny really. (laughs) Yeah. Or even conceptualize probably a lot of it. Yeah. And we didn't even set it in motion. It's not like I I planned a lot of this. It just happened, started happening. And now my, I'm looking at my dog who has an Irish name, Finnegan. (laughs) because <laughs> he's in the room with me because i knew that if i would let him out that he'd be barking or whining to come in here because his bed is in here and he loves being in here and he you know loves to be with me in here right yeah i and, just uh, yeah and, go ahead and now he's like Ooh. in other words i want out mom <laughs> I want out. yeah i just yeah. had to sneak while you were talking i had to sneak and open my porch door again because my cat was howling out there yeah yeah so the animals are telling us it's time <laughs> to go come on, right? come on mom let's go yeah, yeah. exactly but okay. yeah it's been really really great talking to you and uh i don't know i don't think this is the, o- the only time we're going to talk about this. oh no we'll i'll see. keep you i'll definitely keep you posted the next uh and i'm keeping a journal so i won't lose any of it Okay. Well, fascinating. I'd love to hear whatever you come up with. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. When you open this door, you can be absolutely caught up because one thing just leads to another and you find out There are so many different corridors that you can go down and down each corridor you're likely to find something that you never knew about before and likely will impact you and almost like 
like a maze, being in a maze, you're just kind of coming upon one thing and then sometimes getting to a dead end and turning around and looking for another pathway. But all along the way, it's like, it's not like you're ever going to get out of the maze. <laughs> it's just like one big continuing unfolding journey and one that I find extremely fascinating. If you're curious about your own family history, genealogy, and where to get started, or maybe you just want to share a story about things that you found while researching your family tree, please reach out to me, Lori at leaderscalltoadventure.com. That's L-O-R-I at leaderscalltoadventure.com. For show notes, you can go to my website, www.leaderscalltoadventure.com forward slash 24. That's for episode 24, so it's the number 24. Or you can just simply go to the website, click on podcast, and that'll get you there as well. Mm -hmm.